Welcome to Spritz and Scrums, a podcast by three Benetton fans with a love for Aperol and all things Rugby Italiano. It's another double Italian win this weekend in European rugby, with a storming Benetton visiting the northeast of England and a determined and stubborn Zebre Palmer putting the Dragons to bed at home. Well, that was a good win, wasn't it? Which one? Both of them. It was a double. We did the double. We did the double. Did the double. Now, Eddie's got a bit lazy and is no longer in the mindset to do an 80 minuti in due minuti, which we thought was going to be, you know, your, your signature move. But I think we should put it out to tender, see if anyone out there thinks we should do it, and maybe we'll bring it back. But right now... He's tired. It takes a lot of time. But if people are missing it, he would have done it about the Zebra game because I think the Benetton game was almost, there were too many tries to do 80 minuti in 2 minuti. Yeah, well, I would do it and I will do it. It's just I haven't had time since the Zebra Palmer massive victory to do one. And yes, I would do it for that one because it was a more dramatic game than the Benetton game, which was dramatic in the way that Benetton scored eight tries but it was never really in doubt unless you really cut it up and say 10 minutes 70 minutes yeah true it was the first 10 minutes they went up 10 nil at which point you go okay we need to click into gear and they looked a bit shaky bit of a scramble start but yeah 10 minutes about 15 minutes in maybe if we're being harsh it took about 20 minutes for them to really start going but even then i wasn't concerned because they didn't it's like they hadn't started yet you know, they had no opportunity. And then as soon as they got an opportunity, it was like, oh, no, right. Okay, no, they're yeah. good. No, no. I think actually, if we have a look over the season, this might have been Benetton's best game. If anyone overall. can remember the last time Benetton was every, but probably Benetton beat an English team in England, do let us know. Because we don't know. Well, I, I was a bit nervous. Were you? What do you mean you weren't nervous? Yeah, the first 10 minutes were... A bit. Well, also, the build-up to to the game, the commentators were very biased. Not in a bad way. They support who they support, but they kept reminding us in a good way that Benetton is second in the URC. And I thought, well, could this be uh, a long way down? Could this be a fall or a trip along the way? And then the first 10 minutes, we get a yellow card. We go points down, they score a try. Uh, I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Here so we, you thought the commentators were almost jinxing us by saying, oh, they're second bit. in the league, they should, and well, it's it took, starting badly for us. It took about 15 minutes to get into the game, but yeah, then there was the build-up as well. And you're yeah. like, ooh, yeah, did, setting it up. Did you catch when Mendy got that yellow card four minutes in, the sound, the music that they played over the tannoy? No, what was it? It was NSYNC. They played... <laughs> Bye, 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 bye. Don't want to be a Ugh. fool for you. Just another player in this game. Newcastle are in no position to you be that, that fun. It, but it ain't no lie, baby. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye. If you sing any more, we're going to have to pay royalties <laughs> to the... Uh, no, not, we aren't because it's not, so off-tune. <laughs> oh, yeah, you didn't let me finish. I was going to say not to end sync, but to, uh, I don't know, the remedial musical school. <laughs> well, is that any more... Well, which one's worse? Which one's more antagonistic? That or the eoring that happens during the Gloucester games when anyone oh. does anything wrong? 
Gloucester game. I think that's worse. Yeah, up, I, thought the, I thought the I thought the bye 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 was funny. But I ewed mm. them at the Gloucester he game did. when Benetton played them. He out donkeyed them. And they sort of laughed. Yeah, he got a laugh. It got it got good, but the, by then they were smug as shit yeah. because Gla- um, Gloucester had basically already won, so yeah. it was frustrating. But Rhino had a cracker of a game. That was a long time ago. We're not talking about that game right now. We're not talking about that game. We're talking about the Newcastle game. I thought generally um, the atmosphere, I was impressed. There were Benetton fans. I mean, we discussed going and unfortunately it was all just, we've just got back from being abroad anyway. It was all a bit rushed to get up there. But there was support. You could hear them. There was. I heard the chanting. Yeah. I heard the uh, Leone. I was like, ooh. Yeah. That's, I've not heard that before. And, you know, I think they're used to obviously travelling away for the URC, but going to England is pretty rare for Benetton. And so having that support, they were really, really grateful for it at the end. So if anyone is listening to this and you were there and you're a Benetton fan, do get in touch. We want to know whether you came from Italy Mm. or whether you live in the UK. Maybe you're from the Toon. I want to know. For market research? Well, I just want to know. I I think it'd be really interesting to know where those loud Benetton fans Yeah, no, came I agree. From. Especially because we know that the Benetton Supporters Club thing didn't do a, a trip up there. So they would have been people travelling of their own accord kind of thing. So, yeah, where are you from? What are you doing in Newcastle? It wasn't a particularly packed stand, was it? Well, it, it no. does that annoying thing where it faces the wrong way. I it's, think the stand yeah. that has the camera in it is actually quite busy, but the stand that it's looking at is pretty empty. It, but it's also got old-fashioned standing. Yeah. And that yeah, clubhouse. that's such a weird English thing. It is hard as well. They're 13 losses on the trot. It's that thing, isn't it? The bit that Palmer had. If you don't win, people don't show up. And the head coach was really apologetic at the end to the fans. He was like, this is just unacceptable like to lose by such a heavy margin as well. And 13 games on the trot. Like it's, uh, yeah, I apologise to all the fans who keep supporting us. But Benetton are class. No yeah. shame in losing to Benetton. But yeah, I think it was busier than it than it looked. They said it was cold, but everyone who's in Newcastle is Knows used to the cold. Yeah. I really hope Newcastle come back to their glory days. Let's not forget this is Johnny Wilkinson's yeah, they were. club. They're the only team up there flying the flag, and I really hope they come back. I'm not disappointed that Benetton beat them. Mm. I'm glad Benetton <laughs> took the five points. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm really glad Benetton took the five points. And I also I think it's a more it's more interesting for the premiership with a better Newcastle Falcons in it. Well, I mean, they showed really good signs, Newcastle. They had the, the first 10 minutes and the 60 to 70 minutes. They just couldn't put it together after they had possession for more than a few phases. It was just a matter of time before they dropped it or something went wrong or they infringed. Yeah, their defence, Benetton cut open their defence time and time again pretty effortlessly. Not effortlessly, they did it. It looked effortlessly like a swan swimming on water. But obviously it is difficult, but... Benetton cut them open time and time again. So that's something they should they need to look at because they did shift 57 points. And conversely, our defence was very good. We were, we were holding them right back, right on the five-meter line every time. Really good. They conceded two tries. And as Ryan Wilson said, you've got to have defensive discipline to be that far ahead and still put in such a shift to stop them. Oh, yeah. I was worried that we would take the foot off the gas and not send a proper message to the to the world that we are ruthless and very competitive. We didn't, for one second, take our foot off the gas, and that's why we got in the 50s. I think that's correct, and I think 
we did send a message. Benetton definitely sent a message because granted the pundits are lazy. Ryan Wilson's not lazy. He's got a bit too much energy, if anything. But <laughs> Goody, I think I'd probably agree he was a little bit lazy as a player as well. But anyway, that's, that's, that's <laughs> by the by. Um, talking about how great Benetton are. Why This is why they're second in the URC. This is, yeah. you know, let's hope that... Italy are going to be great in the Six yeah. Nations, but not too good against England yeah. in their first game. This is exactly the kind of signals that need to be put out there. And that's exactly what Benetton needed to do, because time and time again, Benetton have been good all over the place and shit in England. Yes. Yeah. And it's the English press and the English fans which are the most cutting towards them. So to show everyone what they can do against an English club in England, yeah, in front of English pundits. Yeah. That's what you need to do. I mean, most of Eddie's family obviously don't follow the URC. They follow the Premiership. Steady, because they do listen. But, you know, they were like, oh, it'll be exciting to see what Benetton can do against Newcastle. And then they saw, have we said the result? Let's say the result. 1857, I repeat, 1857 away from home. 57, scored eight tries away from home. And at that point... All you can say is, oh, wow, okay, it makes sense. It's not fluke that you're sitting second of the URC behind Leinster. And like that's without Lamaro. Yeah. The Italian captain. They didn't even bother to send him. They sent a really good side. I'm not saying they sent a B team. As I've always said this season, Benetton's squad depth is big enough to have two starting 15s. But that's without Lamaro. That's without Paolo Adogu. That's without Marcus Watson. Yeah. Do you think... Just going back on what you guys were just saying about um, Ryan Wilson commenting on the fact that they were pushing and pushing up until the 80th minute, even though they were so far ahead, they didn't have to. Part of it, yes, is to prove, as we've said, that they are rightly deserving of their position in the table. But do you think it's also got to do with, in the back of their mind, like there is squad selection for the Six Nations and there is a lot of choice? Absolutely. I don't understand. Thank you, coach. I'm putting that out there as a no, question. I, I genuinely don't understand So the do you think that those players gave way more than you'd expect to the point that the commentators were saying, like, it's mental that they're so far ahead and they're still sprinting for every single ball in the 80th minute and wanting to score more tries? Uh, yeah, no. Because there's the Six Nations coming up and their place isn't confirmed until it's confirmed. Uh, I absolutely 100%. And this is important. This is important. Italy's problem in previous years gone by is that they haven't had enough depth haven't had enough competition to be given the luxury or the duty to pick players solely based on form you could have a player who was playing like dog shit but because he did well last year or two years ago they'd still have to pick him because there was no one else around to take that spot now they have actual competition actual competition so yes all of those players need to play their tits off because there is no given place anymore not a single person whether you're playing for benetton playing for zebra whether you're playing abroad abroad because it used to be potentially that if you're playing in the top 14 or the premiership you would get the green light almost guaranteed no chance no one's guaranteed a spot And I can sort of back that because I messaged me and uh, my mate Monty. um, I messaged him because obviously he was Monty Ioni. Of course. 
uh, I messaged him because he put some photos up of his game this weekend and I said like so excited to see you next week uh, next month back in back in blue who we did an interview with on the podcast you should Please listen, do listen to, to it. it like rate and subscribe um so I just messaged him dropped him a line being like oh really excited to see you back um in Italian colors next month and he replied being like thanks got to make the team first hashtag humble yeah but that's it you've got to pick players on on form yeah everyone knows that I mean think about trying to make this back row at the minute you've got Ross Vincent at Exeter, who granted almost, well, you got to get out of jail free card with that oh try being God. disallowed. And thank God for that, because that's the kind of thing that can scar you as a player. If anyone didn't see it, it was a scrum, 80th minute, Exeter winning. He picks it up from the back of the scrum. He kicks it into touch. It's caught by the Glasgow flanker, who then goes over and scores. But oh, it was he called. was trying to kick it into touch to end the game. Yeah. I didn't realise. I was like, what is he doing? Why would you kick it on your own five metre line like to a player? So Glasgow scored, but then it was chalked off because there was an offside. Thank God. And so he got really lucky there. But he's class and he's really showing himself. He's a try machine. Okay. Then you've got Udiezi in the top 14 playing for Oyonnax, doing his thing. Then Massive hit on Ab Atzbeth this weekend. Absolutely. Then you've got obviously all the back row at Benetton right now, you've got the captain of Italy, Lamara, you've got Seb Negri, you've got Lorenzo Canone, you've got Zuliani, you've got Isakor, who they keep talking about, you've got Halafihi, all right? Then you've got the guys over in Parma doing their amazing stuff. I mean, there is no given in any position yeah, right now. Yeah, that's true. Not a single person is guaranteed that their yeah. spot you could say Garbisi but Gar Garbisi's been playing a lot at 12 okay he played at 10 this week and he looked really good in open play he was crap for king for points and that's really important that's really concerning but then Montemauri looked great as Evre Palmer he's Italian qualified yeah Tommaso Allen also there you know there's competition across the board and that is how you raise it to the next yeah. level and that's why they put that shift in and Ryan Wilson also said, you know, when it gets to kind of 60 minutes and the job is done, as a player in the back of your mind, you're going like, right, get me off because the Six Nations are coming up and I don't want to risk injury. But obviously that's if your place is confirmed. Until that place is confirmed, you go out there and you prove yourself 115% to get that Italy shirt. I mean, who are you picking at nine? Yeah. Fusco used to have the nine, in my opinion, nailed on in like last year or so. But that just this weekend alone, Stephen Varney came on for Gloucester and wonderful run, wonderful break, won the game for Gloucester. Martin Pagerello, again, starting at number nine, playing really well for Leon. So every single position have got people fighting. Yeah. And that's why Benetton, and it does raise the standard of how clubs play. 100% it raises the standard of how clubs play. Yeah. You used to get that laziness at some of the clubs because some of the players would have that sort of like oh we lost but whatever yeah. i'm too cool for school and a bit better than this and you know i'll be at the six nations soon i think it's amazing that we're less than three weeks away from the six nations and no one knows who's going to be in the squad and absolutely no one knows who's going to start so let me use an example seb negri will not know know now that he's going to be picked like that's crazy Think about like how crazy that is. Montioane doesn't know that he's getting a call up for Italy. 
that's that think about even a year ago like think about this even a year ago that it was all a given but also it takes brave decision making because someone like simona jesse is green all right he's got next to no international experience but he scored what nine tries in his last 12 games one of the top scorers in the bkturc man of the match last week this week as a professional rugby player i think he scored 25 tries in 35 games man of the match this week as ellie says so that's someone who's if you're picking on form yeah should absolutely be starting but it's a brave call against england to pick a newbie yeah yeah oh well we've got sidetracked from talking about the benetton game a little bit but it just feels very topical and a conversation that needs to be had and one that makes sense in the context of what we said to begin with which is that they're all busting a gut to get that shirt and that benetton game was proof of that because up until the 80th minute benetton was scoring tries and newcastle didn't make it easy obviously newcastle at bottom of the table and Benetton scored eight tries, it can look a little bit one-sided. And actually, Bortolami said the score line didn't reflect the game because Newcastle had real moments of solid defence. They had moments of attack. They were great for the first, the opening 10 minutes, game was on. Um, And then they had coach, what you like to call a a purple patch. Yeah, I hate that word. 60 minutes in. Yeah. I don't know what that means. It's crept into the game. I don't know Over what the it means. Last few years, last few years, I noticed it. What a year, maybe two years ago. What does that mean? Is it a theatre? T- is it something to do with like purple being a, a lucky colour or the royal colour? Purple. Royal color. But I don't understand where that. I know you got red, blue patch. I don't know, but they all say it now. Like there's a there's a group chat where they're all together, going, "We're going to use this word now. It's called purple patch." And I'm not going to explain it to anyone. I'm just going to assume you know what purple patch means. <laughs> Purple patch origin, let's see. The phrase was first used by the Roman poet Horace in his Ars Poetica to denote an irrelevant and excessively ornate passage. Irrelevant. It sounds like it's changed its meaning because yeah. Yeah. I feel like that, that that would make it sound like showboating. Yes. Yeah. Which is not what they mean. No, no, you no. You can't showboat when you're but, 50 points down. I mean, it is fair enough that something that was written 2000... <laughs> years ago 2050 <laughs> years ago might have developed its meaning especially since he probably didn't write it in english no it's in latin well did they speak latin well i've been playing i'm pretty I've sure the romans rugby. spoke english well that's why we're doing this podcast sorry i didn't hear what you just said and i i was trying to read about power patches and i just caught what you just said and you... we're gonna lose followers over that so apologize now <laughs> <laughs> Mi dispiace. Okay. Le gente de Roma <laughs> hanno parlato romano. Okay, grazie. Popolo romano, romano, romano. But they might have spoken English. Okay, they didn't speak English. Right, <laughs> moving on. They went through a purple patch 60 to 70 minutes into that game. Um, but yeah, Benetton held on and held them out. Look, I, I think it was one of Benetton's best games, honestly. Apart from the first 15 minutes, they defended really, really well. Granted, 
you know, uh, Newcastle didn't come at them for the whole game. They, they only had a few moments, but when they had to defend and they had to scramble back a couple of times, that Gallo break and then the kick was shit. But the break was amazing. But then obviously they attacked and literally the whole team had to run back to their, the five meter line to defend. And they defended so well. And Lucchese got that turnover. Beautiful work. Like their reset, scramble defense, getting back into shape. I thought was superb. Their attack looked clinical. It looked exciting. There was nothing sort of boring or predictable in their attack, even though they scored a lot of tries off set plays or line outs. I, I mean, it, it just, I thought from all angles, they looked really good. Well, yeah, I mean, you score eight tries away from home. It looks good. And the tries were scored by anyone and everyone. All over the place. Menoncello, man of the match, of course, as said by coach last week, chatting on the Pirate Rugby pod. He was coach's player to watch, which isn't particularly original thought, <laughs> but still correct. Well, look, again, a lot of our listeners and followers will know Menoncello's amazing. But again, it's about showcasing him. The Pirate Rugby guys, I mean, they cover all rugby. So introducing a player, like no matter how good he is, it's good to remind people that this guy is super young and super, super good. And he isn't one of the four names that English commentators talk about all the time. He's not Garbizzi, he's not Capozzo, and he's not right. Tommy Allen. Probably high up on that list. But yeah, but also I'd recommend anyone listen to the Pirate Rugby podcast because they're really lovely guys. They're super, super friendly. And their podcast is thoroughly informative mm. and thoroughly relaxing. If you are into rugby, but you find yourself in the greenhouse doing some gardening from time to time, or you like a quiet coffee in the morning, they do actually even have a breakfast show. The Pirate Rugby podcast is like if Radio 4 did a rugby podcast. And I mean that as a massive compliment. Yeah, it is a massive compliment. I love it. Yeah. It doesn't all have to be lads, lads, lads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The boys, the boys, the boys. Sometimes it's nice just to hear about the intelligent side of rugby. Business and on the pitch, wonderful. And it's a skill set to be able to communicate it in a calming, soothing, super informative way and not make it sound boring. And they, they don't. They're not boring at all. And they tell you where every game is on and when every game is on. Eddie compared it to? It's the rugby... Well, I hope uh, Ender doesn't find this insulting because I love his work. Everything he's saying he means as a huge yeah, compliment. I love this. It's the rugby shipping forecast. For Italians who don't know, the shipping forecast is something that happens on what some radio station in the UK and it just tells you where boats are. It's the, it's the weather <laughs> for ships to know. In the various parts of, I don't know how far out they go, down to Trafalgar, what's that near Spain? So European seas, all right? Not the Med. It won't do It's the regional. Med. It's regions right. that everyone oh, knows. Yeah, so... By a colloquial name, and they know that's that area. So it's a bit like counties. Fine, County but weather. it's all like, it's all the waters surrounding Great Britain. No, no, it's yeah. further out. Further out. Yeah, and the Channel. And I think down to the Bay of Biscay. That's all you'd need to know. Your boat's not going to go. <laughs> You're not going to know because coach, Fine. fuck trade coach says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what, they don't need to like put on the radio and quickly listen to know what the weather's going to be. doesn't matter. It's something you listen to. It's relaxing and informative. Anyway. British people love it. 
It's on late I, I'm at I'm aware that Ender is Irish, so Irish people could also <laughs> love it. Right, we're going off piece. Anyway, listen give it a listen. To that listen podcast. to it. You'll see if you like the shipping forecast and you like rugby, you are in for a treat, my friends. <laughs> You don't know what you're in for. Let me know. Once you've listened to it, you'll be like, perfect. You know what? I've signed six of them onto a playlist and that's my going to sleep, which again, said with love. He means that in a really positive way because Eddie loves listening to stuff like calming, soothing sounds to help him get ready for sleep. I love it. I do want to do an impression. Okay. Connacht versus Ulster on Premier Sport 1 at 5.30 and via play in the United Kingdom. Harlequins versus La Rochelle in the Republic of Ireland will be on SG4 and in the United Kingdom it'll be on TNT Sports at 2.30. And you've got all the games so it's informative <laughs> as well as fun. Right, That's, that, that could go either way that. <laughs> I hope Ender likes you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a decent impression. Um, it was. But I, I love it. I bloody, it. No, honestly, I, I love it. I went in last night. I went um, into our bedroom and I was like, "What's that sound?" And it was just Eddie listening to the rugby shipping forecast. Well, I was and he to... was like, "Shut up! Leave me alone!" <laughs> I was listening to the pirate rugby pod, and yeah, it, it was on the shipping rugby forecast. For anyone who's normal, it's the best way to describe it is it's meditative and informative. Yeah, it's just meditation. Yeah. Meditation. But I also know everything about anything. Yeah. Anyway, we're basically telling people not to listen to us because we know nothing about anything. No one but... listens to us because we have all the answers. <laughs> but we ask the good questions. Yeah. Like, how do you think Montpellier are looking at us? Ooh, I see what he did there. He segued because he thinks we're chatting segue. bollocks. A very good segue. And for coach to segue, it means we're really <laughs> chatting bollocks. So let's go. A good question. Let me tell everyone about how the table is looking right now in order to answer that question. In the Challenge Cup, Pool 2, Montpellier are in first place and Benetton are in second place. Montpellier have 14 points, Benetton have 11 points. We're coming up to the last round. They are playing each other in Treviso. Whoever wins that game will go top of the group and will be guaranteed essentially home games all the way to the final in london i mean that would be that is been it benetton just need to win benetton have fortressed monigo well enough that they should win i watched the montpellier game yesterday and it took me a while to really click into my head that it was Montpellier because we think of, or I think of them as this incredible team. And unfortunately, they just aren't really that right now. So uh, it's gonna be tough, but I think Banneton will win. What I will say is that Montpellier, because they're in the top 14, the top 14 doesn't take the same breaks that everyone else oh. takes. So they play during the Six Nations. And next week at 3.15, Benetton host Montpellier. But the week after that, Montpellier host Ho, Section Polawas. So as they have already guaranteed themselves the knockout stages of Europe, it's quite possible that they go, right, jobs are good and we're definitely through. Let's not send the absolute cream of the crop over to Treviso 
let's focus on that next game. Mm, I disagree. Sorry, I'm here to disagree. Um, because I just, I think it's too enticing to to win a game and that means that you get all home games until the final. Too enticing. You send your best team. That's what I think. Yeah, but their top 14 season has been a very mixed bag. They started off appallingly. Yeah, but so are they... they're gradually pulling it back. Right, but so actually do they switch a Rooney it and go, let's focus on winning the Challenge Cup? Well, let, let, well, let's continue it though because the, the players need a break at some point. So they've got Section Palawas and then the week after that, they're away at La Rochelle. During Six Nations. Oh, yeah, Six Nations first weekend. Yeah, opening week of the Six Nations, top 14 stops for no man, and they are away at La Rochelle. So I think there's a sporting chance that they're not the best. Uh, I disagree. I think they'll send a very good team because I would want all my home games, all my games at home. That's just too enticing. So... But either way, it's a winner-takes-all game. Whoever wins that game finishes top of the group, and so, that's it. So, answer Coach's question. How do you think Montpellier are looking at us? Indifferently. I generally think indifferently, because they, they won't care. And, and I'm not saying like they won't send their best, while well, I am kind of implying that. The French internationals, they don't want to mess around with them. The top 14 and the, the FF are, they got a relationship. They're not going to mess around with them so much. And on top of that, they know they're through. Like everyone, like, so they're going to be thinking, okay, we've got to go to Treviso. We're going to have to play this game. If we lose, so what? It doesn't matter if we lose. It, it literally doesn't matter. I think it matters more for Treviso. Who oh, am I, yeah. Who am I, from the 90s? I think it matters more from, for <laughs> Benetton because even though Benetton have been winning on the road, I think when it comes to knockout rugby, they're going to want it all to be in their own cauldron. I don't see a team that doesn't want that, though, is my retort. French sides care less. Either way, I think it's irrelevant because I think um, at home... Treviso, Benetton, they can beat Montpellier. And a few years ago, it was the other way around, and Benetton were playing their knockout rugby mm. in Europe in Montpellier. They lost. Seb Negri gave a brilliant speech on the pitch about making the people of Treviso proud. I reckon that will still be ringing in the players' ears, mm. and they will do a number on Montpellier, and that will be that. Let's hope so. Yeah. I mean, we know Benetton are qualified, um, they're through, but if to come top and to guarantee home games for the rest of the the run up until the final. Come on, that is just I don't even know what that would be. It would just be brilliant. Yeah, but the other game. Yeah, let's let's move on. So yes, brilliant Benetton. We're so excited for for the future both in the Challenge Cup and the URC. I mean, what a season we're having. It's great. So thrilled to be a Benetton fan right now. Coach. So Zebre Palmer have obviously been working very hard over the last few years and they're starting to get the results. Could you please take us through exactly what's led to this turning of the corner? No. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I should have said. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, we're referring back again to our Pirate Rugby episode where they had the three of us on. Coach kind of jumped on like last minute um, and they opened the episode by asking Coach a really in-depth question about Benetton's development over the years and what he um, puts it down to. And Coach looked terrified at the question, gave, I think, a pretty good answer. A very good answer, considering Eddie and I were literally taunting him through our screens because we couldn't believe that he was given such a responsibility to answer such a question. It was an question. essay question. It was, yeah, yeah. I agree with you, though. I think Zebre, 
what do you put it down to? What do you mean you agree with him? He said nothing. He no, said he said no. no. He does. He, he says he doesn't know what this turnaround has come from. And I kind of, kind of like I kind of agree that it's very hard to put your fingers on it. Well, we're not going to talk on that too much because hopefully soon we'll be talking to someone who does know and know very well. So watch this space for that. Mm. Nah. But yes, Zebra hosted the Dragons this weekend at home in what had to be pretty much had to be a win for them to carry on in this journey. And by God, they got that win. 2017 was the final score. Unlike the BBC, who said the final score was 2020. Massive, 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 massive. This is obviously a game they targeted. Obviously, their European dreams depended on this game. Zebra Palmer are now one game away from knockout European rugby. That's that's. Incredible. It's Incredible. huge. But obviously the Dragons and Zebra, they're down towards the bottom of the Pro 14. Pro 14. I'm really, I'm really living my retro life today. <laughs> they're down towards the bottom of the BKTURC and they're very competitive. And Zebra Palmer came on top. And not only did they come on top, they scored the most tries. The Dragons were struggling. The first half was all dragons, all dragons because Evans had a massive boot on him and he was kicking absolutely everything. So Zebra went 12-0 down early on. Um, Eddie started the game um, and I just heard him under his breath. He just went, don't fuck this up, boys. And I have to say, in the first half, I was very worried. How did you feel, coach? Yeah, it was a rocky start. I also started to feel a bit worried. Yeah, they just couldn't get any momentum, could they? And they were just making way too many penalties. It was so ridiculous. many unforced errors every time they had even a moment of attack. But Jesse got a try in the first half. The defence was pretty solid. I mean, Dragons got 12 points, but they were all off the boot. They didn't score a and single two try. two of those were massive kicks from around the halfway line. Yeah. It was a good game. And I, I loved the ending when they all <laughs> ran onto the pitch. It was very reminiscent of the... Uh, of the other game. What was the Sharks other game? game? It was very reminiscent of the Sharks game. Yeah. Um, Coach did some yeah, they... filming on the pitch and uh, now they're all cramping his style. In fact, he's going to sue them. He's yeah. going to sue them all for copying his exact shots with different games. Those Joke... shots were going to win him Getty Awards and yeah. now everyone's doing them, Coach. Jokes aside, the shots of Zebra Palmer, the players winning and charging over to the corner to the S155 guys, that could become like an iconic repeat you know every time they win running over to that corner yeah. that's the kind of thing sports love they a love that like, kind of repetition yeah. that like the too long guy who does the thing at the beginning yeah exactly exactly yeah it could be their signature thing with the flares it could be and i you know the, the game was was superb um it, the, the commentator kept slagging it off he was a moron was, i don't know who he was yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> was that guy he just kept saying totally contradictory things and Oh, I mean, it's a the... bit like you, coach, but he wasn't my mate. Yeah, that's what Eddie yeah. said. He's... It, it, it'd be like, it, he'd be like, oh, you know, they're, they're, they're kicking the ball too much. And then a second later, he'd be like, oh, they're playing really exciting rugby. I love it. <laughs> and it's like, what, 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 what do you mean? Which is it? He loves a left turn. He loves a left, left turn. Loves a left turn. Bit like Zebra, left turned in the second half because they came out and it was all Zebra in the second half. I don't know what he said to them at half time. But whatever he said, bottle that, they came out and they looked like a different team. They looked like a team who was told, 
please, please just win this game, guys, because after this, the games get really hard. And like, I, I just, I really, it would really just be great if you just went and, and won this game for me. But you know what I mean? I don't know what he said, but I'd love to know because they came out and it was a different energy in the second half. Dragons yeah. basically didn't get the ball. But also, I, lo I love the way that Zebra Palmer backed themselves so much. They had so many penalties in that second half and they never went to the sticks. I think it went to the sticks yeah. once the entire game and that was right under them. Apart from that, every penalty was pumped into the corner. And to be fair, Dragon's defence held out a lot. But Palmer, Zebre, they knew the areas of the pitch they wanted to play. And by hell, Crook, whatever, that they were going to play in Dragon's territory the entire second half. They played bloody well. Dragon's defence held them out a few times. But I think Zebre were unfortunate not to get the fourth yeah. try bonus point. When I say unfortunate, I only mean because um, the Dragons did so well at stopping it. The Dragons stopped them scoring. There was no controversy. Yeah, yeah. But again, the Dragons were defending, 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 defending. Zebra were attacking, 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 attacking. And at the end, they won by three points. Yeah, I mean, Dragons' only try came from kind of a, a bad decision from Bruno to compete for that crossfield kick when really he should have held firm and smashed him into touch. Yeah, it was a Dragons crossfield kick. Bruno thought you could see in his eyes he could see the length of the pitch. So he went up to pluck it out the air and run the length and it went over his head right to the Dragons winger who then basically walked it in. I mean, Maurice does try to cover tackle, but it's just too much too late. If Bruno had howled down, uh, it was an easy take and touch, I think. It was. And it that's a shame. You know, if, he, if he just checked and went, as soon as this guy catches, I'm smashing him into touch. Yeah. It wouldn't have been. And that's a shame. Tough. I mean, I wonder if he eyed that up also, because going back to what we were saying of like every spot being competitive now, I don't think you'd take Bruno to the Six Nations. And he probably knows that. And so he's going like, oh, I need to do something That's electric. probably a lot in that because he has played international rugby. He's, he's around very recently playing for Italy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's probably for me, you not take, far away. So it's like, I need to score tries. I'm a winger. I need to score Jesse tries. I need to score Bruno tries. Six Nations is coming. Let me score the tries. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So how's it leave Zebre Palmer now, I hear you asking. Zebre Palmer, a third in their group. The top four in the group go through to the knockout stages. If Zebre Palmer beat Section Palawas, they're currently on the same number of points. Who are on the same number of points, then Zebre Palmer go through. If Zebre Palmer lose to Section Palawas, but the Dragons lose, Zebre Palmer go through. The Dragons are at home against the Hollywood Bets Sharks. Essentially, if the Hollywood Bets Sharks beat the Dragons, Zebra Palmer are guaranteed knockout rugby. If they don't, Zebra Palmer can still beat Section Palawa and go through. So they've got two ways to go through. Yeah, but it's what I like about it is that at least one of those is in their hands. They need to beat them. I know that's asking a lot. It's away from home. Section Palawas has just beaten the Cheetahs away, which is, I think, pretty impressive. But isn't there a way in which, like, Zebra could basically... Can they top the group if the Dragons... There's, because it comes down to point difference, it would be mental. But yes, in theory, <laughs> if the Hollywood Bets Sharks lost to the Dragons and didn't take any bonus points, and the Cheetahs didn't win with a bonus point, 
and Zebre Palmer did win with a bonus point and a massive points margin. <laughs> Potentially, Zebre Palmer could finish top of the group. But I think that would involve them winning the game by about 70 points. They've got Jesse. Can't stop scoring, can he? Yeah, he can't stop scoring. Um, Eddie was saying it's almost like he finds it harder to not score than to score. Yeah. What a winger. What a guy. Yeah. I mean, Jesse, man of the match. There's, there's nowhere to start with Jesse. He's just great. He puts in 110%, I think not just in attack, also in defence. I'm really excited, hopefully, to see him on Melancello's shoulder. Menoncello bust through holes, mm. and I'd love to see Menoncello bust through a hole and then be able to draw and pass to Jesse and see what Jesse can do. Yeah. In fact, the thought of them and Capuzzo mm. all running around and Monty running around mm. and Brex smashing people, cutting them down, it's enough to make me excited again. I just got excited, and then I remembered the outrageousness of the commentator overly sexist commentator who was like oh leave the uh i think he was commenting on the fact that one of the forwards did i this... think fisgetti did a kick yes and he was like leave Who's the a prop leave the forwards to the forwards jobs and the girls to the girls job yeah outrageous i i mean he won't get complaints but and i can't be fucked to complain because you know why make someone's life shitter but outrageous He's offending everyone. Offending everyone with a comment like that. Shocking. Something from the 80s. But yes, um, both Fischetti and Rizzoli forwards did little kick chases. Both of the kicks weren't great, but they made great line breaks. And then we're left with no other option but to kick because you're not going to outrun a back. True. And I think Fischetti, I'm slightly not convinced about his scrummaging at the top, top level. But in open play, the man is a monster. Yeah. His breaks that he made, for a loose head prop to be doing that, it's absolutely savage. It is great. There we go. Both Benetton and Zebre go on to the next week. Benetton potentially finishing top of their European group. Zebre potentially getting knockout rugby. Is that for the first time ever? Quite possibly. Quite probably. If not ever, then before my memory. So I, I think it probably is the first time ever that they would get knockout European rugby. Can I give one final shout out to somebody who fully deserves a mention in that Zebra game? Because I think he stopped Zebra from losing that game. Garcia's smash tackle into oh, touch yes. in the 78th minute when it looked like the Dragons were coming on for a try. Garcia, the scrum half, smashes someone into touch. Give, I mean, honestly, if they'd have given him man of the match just for that, I would have applauded it because... Off the back of the scrum, the ball goes left, Garcia follows it along and just creams someone. It was beautiful. And that was almost a given try. It was, and that would have been it. Game over for Zebre. So, and then he gets subbed off for like the last two minutes. But just, oh, I wanted to hug him, kiss him. Tell him he's great. Well done. Thank you, Garcia. Gracias. <laughs> he's from Argentina. <laughs> what made Coach Mad this week? It's the um, EPCR 
TV that you have to log on, pay for a pass. Don't mind doing that. But why can't rugby just get everything in one place? Why can't they just do that? Well, then the pirate rugby guys would be out of a job and the shipping forecast because it would all be in one place. They wouldn't tell you where to go to find your games. That's true. And I understand competition and I understand business to that extent. But still, I just wish it was a bit more easier. I do know what you mean, because it's weird having the Challenge Cup and only like some games on Fireplay and then some games you have to buy them and not knowing where to find them and last minute scrambles to buy a pass. And I mean, it's a little bit expensive, eight quid or whatever it was to buy the pass for the Zebra game. You're like, gosh, you could get a ticket for a fiver to go and watch them, obviously in the shitty seats. But it is just a bit annoying not having at least the whole competition in one place. I think that's correct, yeah. I think it's fine having one competition there, one competition here, one. but like when you're watching one competition and you can't buy one pass, and also yeah. the EPCR TV used to do sort of passes that got you multiple games, and they've stopped doing that. Because money, money, money. And also it used to be like five quid, and now it's eight yeah it is it is a bit steep and i think it was even less than five there was one point where i was like this is great i love this because if there's three games i'm interested in you know i can sit at home at the weekend it's cheaper than going to the pub i'll just buy these passes and watch these games and now at eight quid each it's like well do i even want the second game yeah 16 quid especially if it's not your team right if it's a game like i don't know yesterday we watched montpellier who are they playing yeah they're just games that you have a passing interest in who are they playing Mm. How did Montpellier play last night? Wow, complete. I have no idea. Was it the Lions? The Lions? Yes, sorry. Montpellier played the Lions and we watched that because it was on Viaplay. But if that was eight quid on EBCR TV, I'm not spending that money. Yeah, it adds up. You can't explore. You can't, you know, just passively watch the other games uh, and make a day of it. Yeah, but yeah if, it was, if it was yeah. all on one, you're right. You just pay, I don't know, t- 10 quid a day for the whole, all the games and you just accept that that's what you're spending 10 quid on that day. Yeah, and I thought Viaplay covered all that. And I was... Yeah, you know, they don't. They I, don't really I just assumed. Them. I just assumed. But, yeah, it'd be good if they could just get it all in one place. Um, I had to stream it from my phone to my TV. Bit, bit meh. Not, I, not I, mad, just meh. Yeah, what made coach meh? <laughs> I think you're right. But also, things are moving in the right direction because if you go back a few years, the Challenge Cup, lots of these games would just be not you wouldn't be not be able to watch them at all. It's not televised, not accessible. And lots of the Italian games would be those games. Yeah. So actually, it is it is really good that even if you have to spend a bit of money, the games that you really want, you can watch them all. It's just annoying that it makes watching the games that you're mildly interested in a bridge too far. Yeah. yeah. So calm down, coach. It's fine. Yeah, no. Don't get too emotional about it. I'm over, I'll just I'll get over it. I'll build a bridge and get over it. Nice one, mate. And that's what made Coach mad this week. All right, guys. Well, if all goes well, this will come out on Tuesday morning, and we're people of our word. Yeah, you're editing this one. <laughs> Hope so. <laughs> Just like all the other ones. Great fun. Well, I'll be doing great stuff myself. And uh, 
again, do tell anyone and everyone about this podcast. Please do follow us on Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Rate us five stars if you haven't already on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us. We are thinking of maybe putting more of these on YouTube. I know nothing about YouTube, but if that's something that people want, maybe we'll explore that as well. Um, And yeah, let us know if there's like any specific content or things you'd like to hear more of from us. We're open to feedback, suggestions, yeah, questions. And if you want us on YouTube, just DM us, us, get in touch, tell us. And if enough people say, yeah, that'd be good, then we'll do that. I'll have to wear clothes. <laughs> yeah. And the only reason I do this is so I can see you without clothes. Yeah. I thought that was our thing. <laughs> Maybe the viewers... Also want to see him without also. clothes. So actually, do you want us to do it on YouTube and do you, do you want, want Coach to wear clothes? <laughs> Those are the questions. It's a two-part question. <laughs> right, guys. We will be back next week when we will know for a fact whether Zebre have made it to Knockout Rugby, whether Benetton are hosting all their Challenge Cup games at home. God, I hope so. That would be great. And if they are, we should definitely have a look at the calendar. I think it might be us getting a little bit ahead of ourselves to if they have if they do come top of the group to just buy tickets to the London final, but um, I'm not against that either. Okay, you guys aren't interested in that game. I'll go on my own. That's fine. Well, I'm I'm definitely going to the London final. Oh, regardless of whether Benetton are in it. Why I live in London, so I feel like I. Well, then let's buy tickets now. Why haven't we bought tickets? You should have bought tickets. I had a great deal where you could buy tickets for your team, and if your team make it, but then if they didn't make it. Yeah, whatever. Well, we're going. We're going to be there. It doesn't matter because I like the idea of going to see that and then coming home. Yeah, that would be really fun. So cool to have it in London. How random, but how great. We are also going to be at the Italy-England game in a couple of weeks' time, kick off the Six Nations. We are thinking about maybe having a little get-together um, the evening before at Coach's favourite Irish pub or another Irish pub, one of the many Irish pubs in Rome. So again, if you're coming to the Italy game, if you want to have a drink, let us know because maybe we'll organize something but if people are like don't tell us they're interested then we'll just do our own thing because you know Mm -hmm. life's too short thank you for listening we'll be back next week have a lovely week i'll see you too in the next week or so grazie mille ciao 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 a tutti Thank you.